gospel for this night comes from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. <clears throat> Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I sat in my office working on this sermon. It was later than I wanted it to be. A small knot of anxiety in my stomach as a constant companion. Write faster, I thought. Hurry up, this has to get done. While I was trying to think faster, think faster, think faster, the preschool class walked through the back lawn on their way to recess. I can see through my office window and watch them in their bright winter coats as their breath forms clouds in the cold air. The fence opened, and they ran into the play space with total, complete, unabandoned joy, very loud joy, <laughs> and they began to play. Meanwhile, I stared at my computer screen again. Why is nothing being written? What do I want to say? Come on, brain, hurry up! My worry began to cast around for a reason things weren't going faster, a reason that was more than, I should have started earlier. Blaming yourself is no fun. Boy, these kids are loud, I thought. Kind of distracting. Here I am, trying to do something important. Write and think and talk about Thanksgiving, and there's not enough time, and now there's loud kids, and I can't even remember what I'm supposed to be preaching on. What was the Bible passage again? So, I looked it up. <clears throat> no one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. There's a lot of sermons in that. I could preach on that. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I could preach about how I managed to worry about every single one of those things before 9 a.m., huh? Maybe not. But time is passing, and the sermon is still not magically being written. 
And my anxiety is growing because all of you are going to show up at 7 p.m. and somebody has to say something and that somebody is me. And the preschool kids are still being pretty loud out there. Don't they know I'm trying to focus? What was this text again? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Just outside my window, I watched as a brightly winter-jacketed boy tore up the hill, laughing, running toward his friend with pure joy on his face. They sprinted toward the playhouse, holding hands and giggling. As they moved out of my line of sight, a sparrow landed on the fence for just a moment and then flew away. For can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Okay, Jesus. Sometimes you send the birds of the air, and sometimes you send the preschoolers. I get it. It's hard to pay attention to the world these days and not find yourself worried and anxious about something. Of all the things Jesus told us to do, invited us to do, love our enemies, love our neighbors, give away our possessions, speak out for justice, make ourselves uncomfortable to do the right thing, take the hand of someone who's been rejected, of all the things Jesus told us to do and showed us how to do, this one might be the hardest one yet. Therefore, do not worry. Part of the problem is that most of us have been taught to do exactly the opposite. Therefore, do worry. One day you will retire and you will need to have enough money saved for that day. Therefore, do worry. Your children are encountering problems that you never had to face and you don't feel quite prepared for. Therefore, do worry. Everyone else seems to have their life basically figured out and you feel like a giant fraud most of the time. Therefore, do worry. One of your relatives is bound to make some kind of awkward political statement at the dinner table tomorrow, and there's no telling what will happen after that. Therefore, do worry. (laughs) Anxiety is the leading mental health issue among American kids, and research suggests that it's on the rise. It's not really hard to imagine some of the reasons why. When schools practice lockdown drills and authority figures seem to be incapable of working together for the common good and climate crisis looms in their immediate future and constant access to information and other people's assessments of you on social media can be paralyzing. But it's not just kids. Worrying in our, in our culture is as common as breathing. So that before long, we start to think worrying is what responsible people do. It's our job. You hear somebody say, oh, I'm not worried. And you think, really? Are you paying attention? You should. It's as if our worry, our anxiety is like the steel structure in the world, keeping it all together, which means we can't stop. It's not possible. Who knows what awful things would happen if we stopped worrying? Of course it sounds ridiculous when you bring it out in the light of day like that. And there are important differences between everyday worry and clinical anxiety. You can't just stop clinical anxiety the way you can't stop diabetes or 
having arthritis or needing glasses. We can be truly grateful for therapists and doctors and counselors and medicine that help ease that burden. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. I think he's talking about something else. Jesus says in this passage that God knows what we need. God is aware of our needs. God knows that we need food and clothing and healthy bodies and minds and a safe place to live and people who love us. Wanting those things is not selfish. Our well-being matters to God. This is the God who breathed life into us and fashioned a world of beauty for us to live in and take care of. A God who loves our neighbors just as much as us and calls us to take care of one another. The problem isn't just that we kind of worry about things sometimes. In spite of Jesus' encouragement, we probably always will. It's not the garden variety worry now and then. I think what Jesus is getting at is what he talks about at the beginning of this passage. You can't serve more than one master because you always have to choose. You always put your heart in one place and not the other. Maybe the problem isn't just that we worry. It's that worry becomes our master. We serve it. We convince ourselves that we have to do it. And we choose that worry over and over again, even when we don't want to. And slowly, that worry makes our world smaller and smaller until we believe only we can do things right. Only we can make the changes that are needed. Why isn't anyone else doing anything, we think? What's wrong with them? Smaller and smaller, the world becomes finally dependent on just us and us alone. We better worry if that's the case, or nothing else will get done. And then, says Jesus, into our tiny, anxious brains, why don't you look at the birds of the air? You know what you have to do to look at the birds, right? I mean, mostly you have to stop looking at just yourself. Usually you have to look up. Although sometimes there are so many crows on my front lawn, I can just look straight out the door, and there they all are. But at the very least, you have to look out, around, away, not just at you, your own work and your own worry, as real as those things are. Look away long enough to catch the flash of a wing and the sound of a song or the laugh of a preschooler in a bright red coat. Look, says Jesus to us tonight. Look at the birds of the air and the grass of the field. Look at the person sitting next to you and the warm coat you wore on your back. Look at the last thing that made you laugh and the table that is set right here with bread and wine for you. Surely God knows what you need and what you worry about, and what broke your heart, and what you are carrying alone, afraid to even say it out loud. Of all the cruel things that worry does, of all the things it steals from us, the worst one is this. The reminder that come what may, 
we are never alone. We're never the ones holding up the whole world. We are as beloved as the birds of the air, as beautiful as the grass of the field, and as fleeting as the winter sunset. But we are not alone. That is where gratitude is born. With us and for us and for the whole creation is a God who lifts our heads and turns our gaze to the skies and says gently, Has all your worrying added even a single hour to your span of life or a single word to your sermon? Then look at the birds of the air and seek instead what matters. Amen. We'll sing together.